Well, hello everyone at Golf WRX and Wisdom in Golf Land. Hello everybody. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in. It's uh, it's a Saturday morning mm-hmm. special edition. Yeah. A you know, different, but, uh... sorry we missed you on Wednesday, but hey, we're here and uh, we're going to have an amazing show. And I wanted to talk about right out of the gate our favorite tour player, Joaquin yeah, Neiman, poster boy for Wisdom Golf. Big yeah. win, big win, dominating win. Yeah, was that amazing? That, that was, was so cool. I love that golf. I played that golf course a couple of times. Yeah, it is a player's golf course. Yeah, you I got mean, it. and that you know, there's the ultimate swinger of the golf club who won mm-hmm. deservedly mm-hmm. on you know in and just after two days he was running away with it. Oh yeah, um, had a rookie right behind him sticking the hole. You know. Being a little, a little bit of a pest, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, in a good way, yeah, that's it. And that, and you, you like, I love his pause at the top of the backswing. Cameron, what's his last name? Cameron Young, Young, Cameron Young, mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, remind, vi- remind, very strong looking man. Yeah, he reminded me of Hideki's swing a little bit. The pause, exactly. A little, a little beefier yeah, pause. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and very long hitter, and um, you know, had, had he was firing in all cylinders as well, and it was just. Nice to see them both playing wire to wire together. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just the way it happened was kind of, you know, neat. Yeah. And it was like they yeah, that's what you get to feed off the other player. Right. You see the player right. making birdies and you going, Well, I could do that too. Exactly. Yeah. I remember uh in a in a Monday qualifier for the um what's Corn Ferry tour right now. At the time it was the web dot com tour. I was in a Monday qualifier in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and um, I was playing with uh, a guy who did make it to the PGA Tour, and um, he shot 65 that day, breezed through, and he got on the birdie train early, mm-hmm. and I'm going, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then I got on the birdie train, and I was four under par at one point, yeah. and then I went, wait a minute. Am I supposed to be at four under par? <laughs> <laughs> Shot myself in the foot. Yeah. Finished at one under and you know yeah. I, I, I didn't qualify and, and he went on to shoot seven birdies that day and a cut you know, I think it was nine birdies and a couple of bogeys mm-hmm. and um just put on an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, you know, uh sucked into that little mini vortex of birdies. Yeah, I'm going. This is fun. You, ra- you rode the wave. Oh, I can do that too, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And I just missed a couple of tee shots that derailed me, and in a couple of bogeys where he made a couple more birdies, and I'm going, okay, I guess I lost that one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it was really cool to, and then then I really understood how the guys on tour feed off each other that way. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because if if you got a guy who's lackluster, he's under pressure, and you know he's in the lead and he's struggling and it kind of feeds off there too, right? That's it's right. It's like that in other other disciplines too. Like when, you know, if you're in a team sport, like mm. this happened often in soccer, if you're kind of like the head of the pack team yeah. and you play bottom of the pack team, it's there's sometimes games where you kind of drop down to their level. Right. And right. you're like, what the heck's going on? Right. You know what I mean? Like, why aren't we playing better? Like, we should be dominating this team. Right. Yeah. But that energy kind of like kind of leeches, you know? Yes. 
Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, when you have a really good team that you're playing against and you rise to that occasion, exactly. it's probably what happens. They rose to your occasion. Right. Mm. And then you're going, what's going on? Yeah. Right? And yeah, you yeah. think you're, you've are you sank to that level. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas it could be better than, than yeah. you think. You just, hey, usually we're here with that team and we're not anymore. So I guess our performance sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe their performance got better. Yeah. Yeah. I will always remember, I don't know why this game stands out so much to me, like from childhood in soccer. We were playing at my all-time favorite soccer field in Markham, Centennial. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were playing under the lights, and it was for, the game was for, um, like, the YSL title. Uh And we were playing against, I think it was, not Baton Rouge, but... Right, right, Something right. Rouge. Yes, I that's their it. Name. Yep, I remember. Yeah, and uh, they were the team to beat. And I remember in the game we were, I think we were down two or three nothing, and we came back and won it like four three. And I don't mm-hmm. know why, but that one game just like is such a standout game. And this is like a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, I've seen where. You know, you get, uh, and, and that's that's exactly what happens to so many players on tour. Mm. Almost happened to Joaquin Neiman last week because, I mean, he, he, he went a couple of really deep scores. Mm. And then on the last day, I think he shot even par to mm. win, right? He started at 19 under, and he was there at 19 under at the end. And um, you look at, a, I remember watching the Canadian hockey team. It was the juniors. And uh, they had like six nothing lead, mm. and it was six. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember six that two and six three, and it's, it was six five. Yeah, and I'm going, why are you guys on your heels, mm. sucking so bad right now? Mm-hmm. And it was simple. It was like, okay, we have enough. Mm. Let's let's put it on defense. Yeah. No. You got to keep attacking. You got to keep attacking. You have no choice because yeah. if you if you stop attacking, that means now you're on the receiving end, and you're eventually going to let one by. Yeah. Mm. And then you go, okay, don't, let's not let another one by. Right. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's what happened to that team. And that's what happens to players that play under – all of a sudden they're like, hey, I'm five ahead mm-hmm. going into the final round. Mm-hmm. Okay, got to keep it together. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden you stop attacking. Yeah, yeah. Because you look at the way he's, he was playing on Thursday and Friday and he was like playing oh, you know, was, with his hair on fire. Yeah, as assertive. And it was like, you know, offensive. but – but here it is, like, and then Tigers won a lot of times like that, where, and Jack Nicholas made made a career out of that. He says, "I'm going to let the other guys make mistakes, and I'm just going to, you know, plod along." And I think that's what Joaquin Neiman, you know, finally understood how to win that way. That's it. Yeah, he had to discover that. And it's hard. That's it. Not, not everyone gets that point. It's not this other part. Not everyone gets the opportunity to be in that position. Right. Yeah. So he, he had a learning experience in that regard, right? Exactly. Exactly. So there's a way to protect, but yeah. it's like, okay, in other words, you, your management is more conservative. Mm. Yeah. But you still execute to a conservative game plan. Right. Versus executing to uh, an aggressive game plan. Mm. Like yeah. I, sometimes yeah. that works and sometimes that doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. So if it works, you ride the wave mm-hmm. and you get you, you you get a good lead going. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, though, it can go the other way and you can miss the cut. Yeah. Mm. So 
it's you're always reacting to and that's I think that's the best way to be is react to your environment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and enjoy it. But the next thing I want to talk about is Oh, one more highlight from that one though. Please. He was the first player since 1969 to win that tournament with the lead all four days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they showed out that cool stat, I remember. It was really too. cool. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. So, yeah, Riviera can eat your lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And he was able to hold the lead for all four days. But to me, that course feel because I shot it. I shot an even par 72 yeah. when I went and played it the first time from the back tees. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this is such a gorgeous golf course. Like every shot I get to, I want, I can't wait to play that shot. So it was like, you don't see the trouble mm. when you're seeing the beauty of the golf course. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not thinking you know? about hazards or and, anything. And when I got to number 10, I'm going, well, look at all that space on the left side of the green. And that's a beautiful entrance there. So I'd bomb my drive to the left side of the green and got up and down for birdie easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people talk about how difficult that hole is. And to me, it's like, it's not that difficult. Just perspective. Even if, yeah. Even just if you're in the trees on the left-hand side, you just punch out onto the green. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or punch out near the green and get up and down. Mm-hmm. But uh, that left side is where you want to be. Right. You, know, you don't want to be, you know, laying up unless you lay up at about 80 yards. And you still need the angle for that green. And it, I think it's a much more difficult layup shot than just bombing it to the left of the green. Okay. So um, there's, there's a lot of uh, strategic. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Planning. Planning, yeah. yeah. So, but you got to be able to work at both sides. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a one-trick pony, you may not do well there, right? Because you got to be able to work the ball in both directions, yeah. and mm-hmm. just like at the Masters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody was. It was like uh, a, a body part bonanza mm-hmm. of uh, analysis of swing. analysis on Joaquin's swing, though, on Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, and uh, it was it was just so funny. I was going through. Um, you know, the, the Twitter feed and it was like, yeah, look at his right elbow and he's doing this, this, and this. And yeah, well, what about his left elbow? Isn't that a little bit bent coming through? And, and, but what about his knees and what about his shoulder plane coming through impact? Look how steep his shoulders are. And it it was like, wait a second, what's he trying to do? Mm. Like nobody was talking about that. I had to slip in and say, well, that's what a person like what you know, like Joaquin Neiman, of his build mm-hmm. and his flexibility. He's he's not Pinocchio. He's Gumby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he's Gumby without the strings, mm-hmm. and he has that ability physically to stay with the shot longer than anyone. Yeah, and that's why you, if you look at his body part positions, in the light of well, what's he trying to do with that ball? Well, with the driver, he was hitting bullets, stingers, and getting 70 yards of roll. Yeah, because it's nice and hot out there, right? It's oh, my gosh. Good. I mean, you know, uh, they've been in a drought for years in in, uh, in um, California. Right. So they just put the bare, mi- the bare minimum on the, on the fairways. Yeah. And, um, and then they, they give it a little less than that when the PGA Tour comes to town. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh my gosh, the roll there. Yeah. You, you hit it 280. Like for me, I, I carry the ball 280. I'd be hitting it 350 all week over there. Right. Going, whoa, that's, that's fun for the ego. <laughs> yeah. And did you notice though that when the guys caught the rough, mm-hmm. it, it was a 280 yard drive? Yeah. Whereas the other guys are like way ahead at 350. Yeah, it's the clear, so right? Hitting the fairway was a premium. Yeah. That was number one. And I love to do that. So. You look at Joaquin, and he's hitting these bullets that are just going right down the bowling alley. And that's one thing. You look at first hole. Look at how straight that fairway is. Yeah. So a lot of straight fairways like that. But then you get other holes, like hole number three. It's beautiful fade par four. And you just, oh, man, it's just, all I got to do is just swing that way, mm-hmm. and it feels like the ball's just going to follow the fairway for me, right? Yeah. Mm. It's so pretty to, to, to visualize. So when you got a guy like Joaquin who's able to work at both sides, hit yeah. draws and fades, very low or very high, mm-hmm. um, I predict that he's going to win at least one Brit- one British Open, if not three. I could see him winning. You know, he'd be a multiple winner of the British Open. Right. And um, I could see him winning the Masters. Um, I could definitely see him winning the U.S. Open at the proper venue. Right. Um, I think he would be susceptible to uh, to being in the rough like everybody else because he's not a very big guy. Uh, he can't power through the rough like um, like uh, Bryson can. Or Brooks, yeah. Or Brooks, yeah. exactly. So those guys, you know, those are the guys that are going to be able to hack it through the rough and still, you know, get somewhere near the green and, and get up and down. That's right. So, um, it, you know... It, <laughs> It just still goes to show how we're still so caught up in the swing positions and say, oh, if I lagged it mm-hmm. all the way that way like Joaquin does, if I could just hold on to that angle long enough. But they're going, okay, I'm going to lag like that up to the ball. Mm-hmm. Whereas, okay, we have swing positions so that we can meet the ball a certain way. And then beyond the ball is like oblivion. it's the abyss the abyss there's up to the ball and then there's nothing well good luck with that then you start living in fear because you don't know where it's gonna go well that's it do i hang on do i release what do i do what do i do right yeah yeah yeah. so you you just can't be in the i gotta delay my release up until that time you gotta let that go but if you go okay i'm gonna go to the throwing series that sean has on his premium channel or I'm going to go to Moo and Sean's video on throwing the club, mm-hmm. which I remember, I still remember your eyes. They were big like dinner plates. Oh, so confused. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, how is it going over there? I'm trying to throw it there and it's going that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that people get surprised with all the time. But then when you get really good at throwing the club mm-hmm. and you show and you look at it on video and you go, oh, that's tour quality lag right there. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I shifted my weight and I cleared my hips and it was just, those are the angles that everybody keeps talking about. Mm. Yeah. So then you start, you know, becoming an athlete. That's right. Why? Because you have a target that you're throwing the club to. Now all you got to do is figure out how to put the ball in the way. Mm-hmm. And we have we have ways of showing you that too. Mm-hmm. So that you can get to, you know, have your cake and eat it as well. So um, it was a great tournament to watch. Yeah. yeah. yeah it really, really cool. I mean, just looking at Riviera's... It is a treat, and it's fun. 
it's fun when you've been on a golf course that the guys on tour play is like, oh, I remember that shot. Yeah. yeah. I remember that shot. <laughs> I did that at that shot, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see what he does. And yeah. it's, it's, it's really fun to compare that way. Yeah. And um, so this week at the Honda Classic, I've played that course too. Yeah, the Bear Trap. Yeah, I remember being at the PGA National um, back in 1989. Okay. We're, wow. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that was, um, that, you were just a glimmer in my eye at that time, Sally. <laughs> I wasn't even a thought. That's it. It's just, it's just me and your mother. <laughs> so um, the, um, the Jack had come, and uh, he had just finished the, the design, and we, had, we got to follow Jack Nicholas while he was still hitting persimmon woods. Wow. While he was still, you know, very much a player. Um, cause he, he had won the, um, the masters back in 86. So we were, everybody was following around the golf course. He said, well, this is how I designed the course and this is how I'm going to play the shot and this, you know, mm-hmm. and so well, I really got to see what that was all about and got a really awesome lesson on, you know, golf course architecture. And then I got to see the seniors come to town after. And that's when Lee Trevino was still really smoking the ball. He had, he was a couple of years into the senior tour. Or, it, you know, it wasn't called the Champions Tour at the time. It was called the Senior Tour. And I remember him hitting this shot on uh, 16, which is a dog leg to the, le- uh, to the right, right? Dog leg to the right, water all the way down the right-hand side and water in front. And... Uh, he had about, at the time that they were playing the, the, the tees a little more forward, he had 155 yards left. With the wind coming a little bit into and a little bit across. Mm-hmm. And he hits four iron. Oh, wow. And the ball couldn't have gone because the pin was all the way at the back and there was a two-tiered green and there was no trouble in front of the green. He hits four iron, lands it in the front of the green, and the ball rolls up the tier in the second tier and lips out the left-hand side and ends up a foot away from the hole. Mm-hmm. And he looks at his caddy. His caddy was a big man called Herman at the time. It was the Lee Trevino and Herman show. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, Herman, I pulled it again. <laughs> as he lips out. As he lips out the left side of the hole. And, you know, if, if any of you have ever watched Lee Trevino in action, I mean, his his mouth goes a mile a minute. <laughs> but he backs he backs that stuff up. Yeah. yeah. He really backs it up. He says, says, Herman, give me the four iron. I'm going to putt this one. And he hits it. And the ball was about 30 feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, little fade, carved it in there. And it was just like so purely struck out. The sound was just so pure. Mm-hmm. And... It was like, oh, my gosh, that's how you play golf, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I realized that, you know, it, it's all about reacting to the elements. Mm-hmm. That's why Lee had won a British Open, right. you know, and, and uh, he had won a U.S. Open in very difficult conditions. So the, um, the ability to create shots is massive. Mm-hmm. Joaquin has that in spades. I He's a thin version of Lee Trevino. Mm-hmm. And you can see that he has those same moves through the ball. But what was Lee Trevino doing? He says, watch this. I'm going to do that with that ball. And, yeah. And he pictured that shot. And you could see that, you know, he was reacting to that picture. Mm-hmm. 
and I look at the flight and I look at the swing that he used to hit that flight and it matched. Right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you don't, you just don't pull that out of your butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you actually picture that and create it. Yeah. And it's just a masterpiece after the other. Mm-hmm. And Jack at the point, you know, there's one, I remember one fade he hit. He hit his drive a little bit to the right. I think it was hole 11. It was just a uh, second hole in the back nine. Mm-hmm. And he had a, palm tree in the way you had to go under a palm tree and then fade it really high to hold the green and he hit the purest three iron you've ever seen in your life and 10 feet from the hole i'm going oh that <laughs> was nice right yeah. it was like oh that was sweet <laughs> and so really nice to see somebody with you know mastery over their creations yeah. It's a true artistry, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why this, you know, this podcast, The Perfect Imperfections. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody watches your swing, Sav, and says, well, you know, you looked like you were a little inside on the backswing and you were a little bit above that plane on the downswing. I say, yeah, and did you see where my shot went? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you would have hit it better. Well, it, it landed five feet from the pin. How yeah. much better do you want that? Yeah. That's better right. than that's in the hole. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so when Jack, um, and it's like every swing you hit may not be perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect to be good. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Jack Nicholas, I remember him talking about uh, uh, a one iron he hit. <laughs> Lee Trevino. Lee Trevino says, there's only two people that can hit a one iron. God and Jack Nicholas. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, Jack can really hit that high fade, you know, and he yeah. can float that that one iron so beautifully. So yeah. he hits this one iron on 17 at Pebble Beach from the back tee into this three-club wind. And that, like, the flag was just, like, you know, being mm-hmm. bent over by the wind. Yeah. And he hits the flag stick. It takes one hop, hits the flag stick, and drops a foot away from the hole, taps in, goes on to win easily. Mm-hmm. And he's describing his swing off the tee, and he says, it didn't feel right, but I managed to save the shot. Right. Right. He managed to save the shot. He hit the freaking flag with a one iron. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's a hard yeah. iron to hit. How do you do that? By staying with your target. Bingo, <laughs> banana wana. That's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Because then, because he has a mission. Like, how am I supposed to get to my target? Exactly. So you feel when you're, you say, "There's my direction that I want to go." You got your intermediate point. Mm-hmm. You got your beautiful little arc blur going that way, mm-hmm. and and then you can feel when you're off of that, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're able to write. If you're close, you you can write the ship. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you're close or not? Well, this is what I'm trying to do. This is where the direction I'm going at. And when you when you stay on direction. It's amazing how steady your head is. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. Your head stays back. It stays beautifully steady. You get on plane because you know it's like, ooh, wait from back here. I can't go there. Mm-hmm. And so when you practice staying in the direction, when you practice delivering a task in the direction that you want to go, you get good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jack got good at it. And Lee got really good at that. And Joaquin Neiman is amazing at it. Yeah. So please... Don't look at his body parts. Do you notice that, I don't know if it's just me, but it's like the people who, all the players who don't have these quote-unquote 
perfect golf swings, like that cookie cutter golf swing that everybody wants, are the ones who are winning. Majors. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. That's why people need to stop chasing after this, like, robotic. mystical, robotic, quote-unquote, perfect yep. golf swing. Like, yep. That, and, that's, and that's where, uh, you know, I, I would just love to, you know, it, I'm putting this out there right now. I would love to help consult with other teams out there, like George Gankus and Matt Wolf. And say, hey, guys, you're doing really this really well. Let's just let's just add this to it, right? Right. Let's don't worry about that and just focus on that and and watch how things start to, you know, hum and and uh, and and um, you know you start, you know, your dispersion is gonna your spray pattern gets the spray lost. pattern gets tighter, yeah, and the contact with the club gets tighter. You know, they're talking about I was I was watching Matt Wolf at the Honda Classic, mm-hmm. and um, he had start. He had bogey, bogey, double in the first four or five holes. I mean, he was really struggling, and um, he got to us. You know, I think it was the six hole par three, long par three, and the guys were really struggling to find the green. And he swings through, and he lets go of the club with his right hand. The ball lands in the center of the green, and 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 runs up to about fifteen feet short of the hole. And you could see that he was he was fighting his swing. Oh, and. You know, I know George Gankus is, he has some really good stuff in what he does, but he's still a very body part driven technician. And, you know, it would be interesting to see how he approaches when a guy like that struggles. And I've, I've heard, you know, um, other coaches talk about the swing positions that their players were out of and how, you know, they help fix that position to get them back on, on track. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'd still want people to understand that, you know, like Greg Norman said it really well. He says, we have 60 million golfers on the planet, and here are the top 125. Mm. Well, the top 125, thinking about, body positions some of them do and some of them don't some of them practice body positions but when it comes to playing they forget about them and mm-hmm. and then just react to the shots mm-hmm. so but then when they fall off the rails they don't exactly know how to fix it on the spot so they kind of have to ride it out go back to the coach grind that sucker out and then try to get back mm-hmm. and so you've seen the up and downs that uh, that you've seen uh, Jordan Spieth with you know, he rises to superstardom mm-hmm. and falls off the cliff. You don't hear about him. You know, you don't hear and you hear about his struggles for two years and everybody's wondering what's wrong with him and why is he fixing this and all that. And so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that we're starting at least we got the right body parts that we're working on, right? Mm. So now since 2020, we've stopped worrying about staying on the same level and we've stopped right. worrying about, you know, coiling upper body against lower body and trying to keep the lower body steady and all that stuff. And you, you look at, um, Justin Thomas, mm-hmm. now he's letting that left heel come off the ground in the backswing. He's letting his knee come in and, yeah. you know, so there's more freedom. Mm-hmm. There's more abandon. Yep. 
it's still a lot, it's still a long way to go because, you know, you get a guy like Joaquin Neiman winning and the very next two days, that's all everybody's talking about is his body positions. Right. They're going right. to be analyzing it and then trying to replicate right? it. Yeah, in the same form where the coach is like, "Oh, he's doing this. Let's try this with the, with my player." Yeah, yeah. So all of you listening, well, when you focus on a body position, think about why. What's the purpose of that? What's he trying to do? So it all comes down to, well, I'm, you know, boy, that that came out nice and low. That was a successful shot that came out very low. Why was he trying to hit it low? Well, the wind was coming a certain way, and the fairway was a certain way, and he had to per- perform that shot. Oh yeah, look at that! Mm-hmm. The club is all of a sudden is is more you know the club's lower coming through. The divot was wider and longer. Exactly, he had a little more flex in that left knee in that. Oh, I guess because he was trying to stay low, the body was reacting to that, and the mm-hmm. left knee was a little deeper. Yeah, and you know now you start putting two and two together, mm-hmm. and you realize oh, so if I think and focus that way, the body parts should be doing this. Right. Yeah, well, your body you. just reacts. They yes. In- they instinctively do what you want it to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> I had uh, uh, a student of mine uh, having a, you know, we were hitting irons. And um, he says, why is my seven iron so low? You know, I'm only hitting it 65, 70 feet in the air. I said, okay. So you see, you know, that's what I love about being on a simulator because in the background on the on the foresight GC quad in the background there there's the tree line and there's a cliff above the trees and so I, I looked at, and then and that always shows the last shot you hit so I said you see the last shot you hit it didn't make it over the trees it was only two-thirds of the way up the trees so I said the next shot what I want you to do is I want you to deliver above the trees halfway up the rock face very next swing right over the trees above the rock face, and now he's hitting a 795 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his angle of attack was a little, instead of coming seven degrees down, mm-hmm. it was four degrees down. So he was just, yeah, he hits it pretty low. <laughs> yeah, he's got Right? Because he's, you know, steep, yeah, steep his head was moving forward and he was defaulting to the ball. Oh, okay. So, you know, so I didn't have to tell him all of his defects. Right. I said, well. Would you how would how would you like to hit the seven iron? That's right. You give him the opportunity Ooh, to learn. I, yeah. I want to hit the seven iron higher. Okay. See see where that is? Okay, so let's go that high. And he goes, mm-hmm. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Said, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And and all of a sudden, you know, eighty percent of his body parts came back into place. And the rest of it is I really have to work on their preconceived notions. Right. Because they at address, they tend to face the ball, and their shoulders are level, and the head is straight up and down. And then I go, okay, um, let's say you had a hammer in your hands, and you want to hammer down on a nail. So you got a nail that's vertical, and you want to hammer it straight into a horizontal board. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? So I we take the hammer with both hands, and we raise the hammer above our head, and we stamp the hammer into the board. I said, okay, now I take the board and I put the board vertical. Mm -hmm. Now the nail is horizontal and I aim the nail toward the target. And then all of a sudden, the trail shoulder is way lower than the lead shoulder. Right. And the head is tilted where his right ear is lower than his left ear. 
right. and his right eye is lower than his left eye. Now, all of a sudden, he's got the tilt necessary to drive the nail into the board. And then I show him his position on video, and he goes, oh, that's what Rory looks like through impact. Mm-hmm. That's what Tommy Fleetwood looks like through impact. That's what Joaquin Neiman looks like through impact. They don't look like the address position. They look very different in impact and and the address position. Yeah. What are they trying to do? Well, the money is where the target is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't put the ball over there, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to be close to the target and you're going to take more strokes and then you won't make the cut and you're not going to make any money. Right. So now that we have a better context and a better understanding on what we're trying to do with the tool, all of a sudden they stop trying to be cookie cutter like you said savvy Mm -hmm. and they they stop trying to look like the teachers are trying to make them look like and they go down now they're purpose driven yeah Mm -hmm. and i tell you i'll take the purpose driven individual all day long Mm -hmm. before i take the the body part driven individual Mm -hmm. so oh my gosh look at look at reese on your lap right now i know he's like just couldn't like, care less. I wish I could little, have a. I wish I had a picture <laughs> of what Reese looks like right now. Little puppies having a little sleep while we're talking. Oh my god, he's like <laughs> he just melted into the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, any um, anything that you uh, you want to add to our lovely podcast, Sav? Um, oh oh oh, guys! Speaking of Sav, <laughs> oh my gosh, did she have a breakthrough? This week. So, and you're going to see that in the next video coming out on Tuesday. 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 And, um, you know, Sav's warming up casually. And uh, was it, it's been four months now that you've been working in the gym? Yeah, I started with Moot, yeah. Right? Yeah. After the season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so all of a sudden, you know, you're warming up and you're hitting nine iron and you're looking at the screen you're going, wait a second, that was 150 carry. Yeah. And so you hit another nine iron is one fifty carry, and we're, we're you're playing on a golf course, and you look mm-hmm. at the elevation. You're going, well, the elevation's very normal. Uh, any other condition? No, the, the conditions are normal. Wait a second, let me let let's get us <laughs> let's back. Let's go back to the range. Let's go back to the stock range and see where normally your your nine iron be your one thirty five club, mm-hmm. and you hit another smooth nine iron one fifty five. Yeah, and one fifty two and one fifty five, and and you're going, wait a second. Then we take the seven iron, yeah, and it's carrying one eighty three, yeah, and and now I'm in the corner starting to sweat because <laughs> now it's over. <laughs> You've caught up to me, <laughs> and you're you're now hitting the ball same distance as me, mm-hmm. two seventy five to two eighty carry with the driver, and you're sneaking it past three hundred yards consistently now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I want to put any pressure on you <laughs> for the next video, <laughs> but. Uh, that was just like out of the blue, you know. It was so unexpected for unexpected, me too. and like one extra club, yeah. boom. Because it's not like I was trying to hit it any further, or trying to hit it harder, or anything like no. that. I was just just going about my warm up like I do all the time. Yes. And then it just kind of like happened, and I was I was like, "Is this real life?" Yes. What's going on so here? that's why we had to make a video on that right at, right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, and and it just goes to show, right, Moo, like the central nervous system. One of the things I tell my students when they come over to see us, um, I only do half-day schools. Mm. I do three hours tops, right? Between the warm-up, 
and there's going to be like an hour and a half of really solid work, and then there's going to be a cool down, you know, so three hours. And I always make sure that, you know, I time that three hours really nicely so that, you know, we do it from 9.30 in the morning till 12.30. And at 12.30, I go, okay, you're going to go to whatever restaurant you want. You're going to eat a good piece of fish and something really, really healthy. And in, for the next six to eight hours, your brain will be internalizing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and completing these connections. Mm-hmm. So don't go eat any crap. Mm-hmm. Go eat something good. Stay away from alcohol. Yeah. And and then after that, do what you want. Yeah. Right? But don't come back and hit balls. Don't go play. You need to go chill. And you go to Quebec City and walk the streets. Have a nice walk. You know, have a good meal and enjoy. And the next day, it's just amazing how much they've kept. Right? Because mm. now it's like, okay, it's being internalized. The worst thing to do is keep going and, and all of a sudden you start missing shots and, you, and you're tired Then you try to beat it into submission yeah. and, and then you leave frustrated yeah. and, and that's, you know, that you don't want to internalize that. No. So when you do it right, you, you, you have an, a really, really good learning process. So Sav learns that way, so do you, Moo. And we time our workouts and we time our meals and we time, you know, our, our, uh, our sessions of practice. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, yeah. something mm-hmm. good happens, right? It just showed up. Yeah. Because the brain had, it's done doing the adjustments. Yeah. And all of a sudden it says, wow, I got some more muscle to do this stuff with. Mm-hmm. And boom. And you know what's crazy? So after that happened, that DNA yeah. fit test that I took. Yeah. Um, so I took this DNA test called, it's from a company called DNA Fit. And it, uh, you, they send you a kit to your house. Yep. Um, you take a swab in your mouth and then you send it back. Mm-hmm. And then they give you all your results. So the plan that I bought was for diet and fitness. Yeah. And so in the fitness section, I just remembered that for my genotype, my DNA, my recovery efficiency is on the low side. Mm. And that makes a lot of sense because I like I like to take more time between sessions. Like I am not the kind of person who can do like three hours straight and yeah. then do that every day consistently with no breaks. Correct. And it was so interesting because I just remembered that on my results, it says that with your low recovery efficiency results, we recommend at least 48 to 72 hours rest between very hard workouts. Boom. And that just like confirms the way I feel when I'm in training and how I crave that rest. Yeah. But. It's not that you're lazy. No. It's just the way your body's made. Exactly. And that like confirms it, which is really cool to, to know because, you know, as an athlete, sometimes you feel guilty for not wanting to go train or not feeling like you're able to go train properly. Yes. And that's something that I think a lot of athletes struggle with is the guilt factor of it. Yeah. And seeing, you know, with social media nowadays, you see everybody else like training hardcore. And for some people, yes, that works really awesome. But for some people like me, I don't work that that way. And Mm. these like DNA results just like prove that. Are you listening, people? This is I mean, you know how many people listening right now really are going to go. 
Oh man, yeah. that's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm the same way. The, it was so. Yeah. It, I'm so glad I took this DNA test because it's so insightful and it's so it confirms so many things that you probably think about yourself already. Right. And to know that it's like very normal, and then they give you like th- there's a section where it says things to consider for each category. Yeah. So they kind of help you, like, even if you're not strong in one thing, they'll give you ways and tools to help you. Strengthen that. Some like, hacks. Yeah, yeah, to help Some strengthen. Some hacks around, yeah. around it. Exactly. So, like, it, it's just, it, it, it's it's so cool. I think everybody should take one of those tests because it's Man. it's so insightful and eye-opening and reassuring. And, yeah, it was just so cool. There's so many things from diet, All right. from the stress, Mu, like everything. I guess you and I are next to spit well, in, the, in the vial. Lou yeah. already did his. Oh, he did? He's waiting on his results. Good. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Yeah. They should be coming in next week. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. It's really, really cool. I guess I'm going to have to get one of those. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, that's I want to be as efficient as possible with my, my workouts. It's important to know. I, I've done. I'm up to six workouts. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Lett, come on, get <laughs> off your butt. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> and... It's cool, too, because when you pay for the kit, if you want, like, a tailored um, nutrition plan, they'll give you, like, a meal plan. Okay. So you, they pretty much, they give you your results, and then what you can do is you go fill out, like, an extra little step of what things you don't want included in your meal plan Mm -hmm. and certain things, like, what your goals are and all that kind of stuff, and they put together, like, a very detailed plan for you. What's the company called again? It's called DNA Fit. Okay. They're based in uh, London, England. And um, and then also for workouts. So based on so you got to fly your spit across the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's very efficient though. <laughs> like the whole process was very easy. Yeah. Um, but for fitness, like if you don't want to work out with a personal trainer, or you don't have access to one, or whatever the case is, they can tailor workout plans for you through your results. So, yeah. Okay. Well, then, then, then you want to match that up with Golf Fit Pro. Yes. Yeah. So on that information, they also tell you what your, um, your muscle fiber type, uh, like mm-hmm. kind of workouts you Ooh. are catered to. So some people are catered, can be catered for endurance. Some people could be uh, along the sides of powerful exercises. So like plyometrics or powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And and what's you? What do you have? Okay. So I am very mm-hmm. strong in power and strength. Yeah, yep. so as a sprinter, she has those muscle fibers for a sprinter. Which is mm-hmm. great for hitting a long ball. Yep. Yeah. And then I'm very... Uh, intolerant. I'm, I'm intolerant to endurance training. Yes. Right. So which is like, couldn't be, like, is so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I hate endurance. Yeah. Yeah. You, the run for nothing is not a good thing for you. But running no. after a soccer ball, you can yeah, handle. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. okay to do that, but running just to run is, is not my thing. That's yeah. funny. But... Yeah, and, and it was cool. And what, and what would you say yours would be, Moo? Same thing, right? I think yours be, is explosive power. Yeah, I think I'll be a hybrid because I, I also can in, uh, do endurance. He can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so there's some people that are probably on the spectrum of being able to do both power right. and sprint. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what it's going to be. Wow, I that's pretty amazing because I, I, I don't know many people as powerful as you. Well, because yeah. like the I've, thing I've never seen up close, apart from Jason Zubak, yeah, oh okay, hit a ball like you. But in yeah. the endurance factor of it also coincides with your ability to train for longer periods of time in right. any discipline. Mm-hmm. So 
oftentimes when Moo and I go to train together, he is able to go for an extra hour longer than I can. Right. Yeah. Whereas I will fade out faster. So I benefit from like those short, quick, like efficient right. sessions. Whereas he can go for like three hours at a time and he won't even be phased by it. So, right. yeah. for, so that mean when you, when you go to long drive competitions, that's yeah. what that's all about. You, mm. It's a yeah. grind, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got like so you four have sets a, or five sets. You yeah. have a big advantage there. Mm. So you're yeah. explosive. Mm-hmm. We got it. I mean, and we're going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> In April. Yeah. April. Yeah. We're going to your first session. We're going to your first long drive competition. Yeah, just get so it. stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, and uh, I also encourage Sav <laughs> to do it mm-hmm. because now, I mean, you're you're in serious territory, Sav. You're you're in the in the top percentile mm. in the world for female athletes, golfers, mm. as far as distance. The top percentile. Let that sink in for you. I, I don't believe it. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, you want to so, confirm it when you go on. Uh, you know, it's like really that's me. Yeah. yeah. So I want you to go compare, mm-hmm. go enjoy, mm-hmm. no expectations, and then if you're nervous, hit it harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a ho- no, throw it further. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Don't throw, hit it harder. Throw, throw it further. Throw it further. Yeah, yes. I I feel I have a hard. I I feel like I've been like this my whole life, where I have a hard time like embracing the fact that like I'm good at something. Or like no, you're great at this. Yeah, you're not good. You're great <laughs> at this. You. It's hard for me to like I've realize that or like right. say that about myself. Yeah, I mean, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at one point, once you see it often enough, you go, well, and that's why you know you you look at rookies on tour. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know if I'm good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then they get their breakthrough win, and they're going, oh, I deserve to be here. I'm. Yeah, I'm good enough to be here. I yeah. mean, and that's the uh, and then the floodgates open up, and they mm-hmm. win, and they win, and they win. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so that everybody's gone through what yeah. you're feeling right now. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been through that. It's 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 par for the course. It's it's the rite of passage mm-hmm. for any discipline. Mm-hmm. So be that way, Sab. Go ahead. <laughs> right i am great you are great yeah. you know and and like fake it till you make it yeah <laughs> right but even if it feels uncomfortable but i would it. just love for you know because the the women don't compete at the same time as the men mm. so it'd be really cool to just get out there and 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 get the rust off mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about scoring mm-hmm. you just bust some drives yeah and and that's got to be fun yeah, my driver's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Right? Yeah. Well, so go enjoy your favorite. Yeah. All right. So with that, everyone, we just planted the wicked seed for you. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday, same time, same place. All the best. See you later. Take care.